This is the Mosaic Church Podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve others and the world. I asked Austin a couple weeks back if he can come in, and, he's, and he said yes. So let's give a nice hand uh, for Austin McElroy. Good morning. Uh, it's always an honor when Mario asks uh, me to come speak. This is our home church. It's been difficult to show my face recently, being a Gator fan. Uh, haven't been out in public in a few months, so, but here we are. <laughs> um, I'm going to pray, and then we'll get started. Lord Jesus, God, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this season. God, that you have given us to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus. And God, I pray that as we go through this message today, Lord, that we would just bring you glory. God, that we would be challenged by your word um, and that you would have it produce a harvest in our life. We love you and we thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 Um, We've got two goals today. One, we want to glorify Jesus. And two, we're going to beat the Baptists to lunch. Um, Amen. Not going to go long. Uh, I'm not a long-winded speaker, but I did. When Mario asked me to pray, I started, or to speak, I started praying and asking God, you know, what, what is something that I can, you know, share from your heart? And I'm an encourager by nature. Um, I enjoy talking about good stuff. And uh, I'm the director over at Teen Challenge, and anytime we need to reward somebody, that's me. Anybody we need to take something away from, that's Cassidy, and so I was asking God, you know, man, what what encouraging message could I bring, and I, I felt he gave me something, but it's not in my wheelhouse, and so today we're going to talk about submission. I know that's everybody's favorite topic. Uh, we love to submit as people, uh, but um, I do think, especially in this season of Christmas, when, you know, our flesh desires anything but submission. We, I've done it. I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and they're, they don't know about presence, but I still seek their approval um, in my flesh. I, like Eric said, I, I want them to be happy. I want to see their faces. I want to see, you know, that joy. And, you know, my, my uh, methods for doing that and my motivation for doing that varies. So, uh, real quickly, we're going to go through, we're in the book of James chapter 4, uh, and I'm going to read, the, I want to focus on verse 7. I want to read leading up to verse 7, because I think it's important for context. So James chapter 4, starting in verse 1, it says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot attain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is an enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over, over the spirit that he made to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the, the proud and gives grace to the humble. In verse 7, this is what I want to focus on. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. 
Resist the devil and he will f- and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw in- near to you. Cleanse you hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Verse seven, when it says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. When I read it in my mind, I feel like it's resist the, and submit yourself to God. But resist the devil and he will flee. We want the resistance. I want to know that God has given me that type of power to resist. But the hard part is doing what it first says when it says submit yourselves therefore to God. That word therefore is very important because he gives us a list of warnings and a list of prefaces about us conforming to the world. And that doesn't mean that we fight every single thing. We choose our battles, right? We live in peace. Let everything that we do be done in love. But to conform to the world is to be in opposition to God. So he says, therefore, or so that you can battle against or in lieu of the battle that is within the world, you must submit yourself to God. Our submission is not a natural fleshly reaction. When left unchecked, submission is not something that as human beings we default to. We default to feeling and we default to emotion. You can look around this world pretty clearly and see that a lot of the issues that we face as believers or non-believers as people is because of emotional reactions to certain things. Submission is what we have to train our minds to do. It is not a, a natural occurrence. We must choose submission. I think about you know being subject, and I, and I go back in time and think about you know back in the early days of this world and and the kings that were rulers over certain towns or certain areas. And I can imagine I would not have been a king. I would have been, you know, just a regular Joe walking the streets. But, you know, as a king would pass by, you know, as a regular Joe, I may not have had much money. I may not have lived in a in a great house. I may not have had a great job. All that stuff was probably determined for me by somebody who wasn't me. And thinking about, you know, a king strolling a street in a chariot, probably had some armed guards, probably had a really nice robe, probably really fit the scene that I have in my mind. And I could imagine that as a regular person seeing that person over me that I would have probably lashed out because things wouldn't have gone my way. But back then it was very important that you don't react in submission, but you choose submission long before you're in the moment. I'm very open with my story. I'm a uh, graduate, graduate of Teen Challenge. I battled a 10-year drug addiction. Uh, 11 years ago, graduated Teen Challenge and have been working ever since in some form or fashion. And I can tell you that each and every single day, I don't wake up and determine that I'm an addict. I don't call myself an addict. I don't look in the mirror and say, do everything you can not to use today. I don't believe that. The Bible says that those who are in Christ are new creations. The old is gone and the new has come. That Christ died so I could live a life of freedom. But in that freedom, I still have a choice. That every single day, regardless of what the circumstances are, some days are really, really good. And some days where I work, it's really, really bad. And it feels like the walls are caving in. And if I left myself and my flesh to a to an emotional choice each and every single day, I'm probably 50-50 at best on whether or not I'm going to continue down the path that God's called me or I'm going to crash and burn in an instant. Each day I make that choice long before I get into the moments that I know are going to be tough. The Bible says that this world is going to get 
worse before it gets better. And it's not getting better till Jesus comes back. So we're going to continue to see the decline of man each and every single day, each and every single year. I look back 10 years ago at what the world looks like, and it looks nothing like it looked today. And I, and, and I can say there are some positive changes, but on the whole, for me, it seems to be taking a turn to continue to get worse and worse. So if I don't make that choice that I'm going to live for God long before it's the moment that I've got to choose, I'm going to be in real trouble. And I think submission works a lot of the same way. That we have to choose to make submission be part of our lives long before we're in a moment where we have to choose whether or not we're going to submit. So I want to look at a couple of examples that God gave us for what submission looks like. And then I want to talk about just a couple of practices in the arts of submission that I have found that, that make it really helpful. I am not the uh, poster child for submission. I struggle with this each day when things don't go the way that I feel like they should go. So God gave me this as much for me as he did for, uh, for anybody in here. So uh, three examples I want to look like first, for, want to look at first in the spirit of Christmas, I feel like we got to give Mary and Joseph some shine, right? And, 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 I, and, and Mary gets, and rightfully so, gets a lot of publicity and gets a lot of love at Christmas time as well. She should carrying the savior of the world in her belly for nine months, giving birth to Jesus. But in this moment, I want to talk about Joseph. Uh, as a husband, as a father, I can't imagine what Joseph was thinking, um, but I can't imagine it's good. And Bible gives us a little bit of details about Joseph's reaction to you know, the situation of finding out that Mary was pregnant, uh, but it was a, a hard concept to grasp. He didn't have, you know, a Bible that he could read about the Immaculate Conception, and he didn't, and he didn't have a book of the prophecies of everything that was going to happen. Joseph was kind of left in a moment of having to choose, well, am I going to fly off the handle, or I'm going to accept that God is trying to do something in my life? And in that moment, Joseph had to submit, not just physically to God. He had to submit his knowledge of what he knew a childbirthing to be. And, and I can't imagine how difficult that was. A, a lot of times when, in, when we're dealing with submission, God's calling us to cast what we think we know. And for me, that's extremely difficult. I, I work to study the word. I work to grow my intellect. And, 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 I, and I'm not the smartest person in the world, but Man, I work hard to, it's my job to know things and situations. I can't tell you how many times that God has called me to forget what I think I know simply to follow him. And, and as a man, I'm telling you, that is, a, that is a tough hurdle to climb. Now, it doesn't mean that your work is in vain. It doesn't mean that your knowledge is, is worthless. Your knowledge is extremely valuable within the confines of a life submitted to Jesus that he can take that knowledge and he can take that work and he can use it for whatever purpose that he chooses as long as it's within the confines of a submitted life. Joseph's submission to God's plan basically paved the way for Mary to give birth to Jesus. Joseph had a choice. He had an option and he chose submission. Next, I wanna look at the life of Paul. We know Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, was bringer of the gospel to the Gentiles. We are, a lot of us are here today because Paul went out as a missionary 
and live the submitted life to Jesus. And we read some really cool things about Paul's life, and he got to travel, he got to encounter incredible people, he got to see incredible miracles. But Paul's submitted life also led to an extremely difficult life. Paul spent a lot of his life in prison. He wrote several of the books of the New Testament in prison, and that was the result of Paul submitting his life to Jesus. I would love, again, to stand up here and tell you when you submit your life to God, things are going to work out exactly how you think. You're going to be comfortable. You're going to be happy. And I can't promise any of that. The only thing Paul can promise us is that we will live a life of peace. That, that in Colossians 3.14, it says that let peace rule, let the love of Christ rule in your heart so that your love may be filled, so that you can live a life of peace. Learn from Paul and know that a submitted life is not, good, is not going to be a clean and cushy life. That if you meet no resistance, if there are no obstacles for the case of Jesus in your life, ask yourself, am I truly living a submitted life? Or am I conforming to this world? The world is not in opposition to the world. The world is in opposition to the Spirit of God. A submitted life is a life that is led by the Spirit for the Spirit, and that means that you will find, the Bible says in, earlier in James, that our carnal mind or our flesh is an enemy of God, that you will be in a battle. It says that there is a war that wages within our members between flesh and spirit. And that is the battle when we submit, that is a winnable battle, a promised win for that. In your own strength, we don't stand a chance. I don't, you don't, none of us do. But when we can learn to submit, when we can live a life of submission, we give God the opportunity to give us a power that we, are, that we have not yet tapped into. Finally, I want to look at the life of Jesus, a life totally submitted to the will of the Father. We know the sufferings that Jesus uh, had to endure. We know the lashes that he took. We know the beatings that he took. We knew the mocking that happened. We know the scoffing. We know the the crown of thorns, we know the pierced side, we know the holes in the hands. That's the life of submission that Jesus led. But it's because of Jesus' submission that we get to sit here today with confidence in knowing that we can have hope for tomorrow and that our children can have hope and our grandchildren can have hope. But it's up to us today to make a commitment now to submit. Christ said on his way in the garden before he went to the cross, God, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. He knew that that submitted life was going to lead to a pain that was unbearable for him. But he followed the will of the Father. And because he followed, because he submitted to that will, we now have hope, we now have joy, we are now celebrating the birth of Jesus during this season because Jesus lived a life of submission to Father. So we talk about it. I just want to give you a few practices that, that I have found that we can put into play um, that will help you on this journey of submission. The first one is practicing a posture of humility, accepting that I don't have all the answers. Our ego is the greatest battle that we're going to fight on this road to humility, that our, our, our intellect, our work ethic, our strength, our money, our friends, our church, our pastor, we want them all to be enough, but the truth is it's not. The truth is living a life of humility and accepting that there will simply be times 
of obedience that I'm just going to have to walk in. We've uh, One of the greatest quotes I heard on submission, I shared it probably about a year ago, that if you have to, if you understand why you're being asked to submit to something, that's not submission, that's obedience. When you don't understand why and you follow it anyway, that's real submission. But it takes humility to accept that I may not always know the best course for my life. That's hard. I'm gonna have to accept that I may not know the best direction for my family, that I may not be the best father for my children. But man, when I can accept that part of myself that is not enough, Jesus says that he makes up the difference. I give him an opportunity to make me enough through his power and his strength. Second, you have to practice with a heart of forgiveness. It is gonna be extremely difficult to submit and hold on to things at the same time, especially when you, when you hold on to things that you attribute to God. You have to have a clean slate if we're going to submit. I can't be holding things against my brothers. I can't hold things against my friends or my families or even my enemies and still yield. I don't know what God's gonna ask me to do. A submitted life is ready and willing wherever and whenever. And so if I'm holding something in against a friend of mine or even an enemy of mine and God calls me to go minister to them, I'm gonna have to tread some murky water to get to God's will for my life. Man, if I want God to forgive me, I've got to accept that I'm going to have to forgive others in the exact same vein. And in reality, I know the depths of my heart. I know how much forgiveness I need. I know the, the, the shortcomings that I've got. I know the sin that's in my life. And if I'm expecting God to do that for me, I've got to accept that he is not only willing, not only able, but has a plan to do it for someone else. If I hold on to that, though, I eliminate myself from that plan, and I don't want to do that. I want to live a life of forgiveness so that when God calls me wherever, whenever, I don't have to jump over a million obstacles that I have created. I tell our students all the time in Teen Challenge, we want to attribute so much of what's wrong in the world or what's wrong in our life to the devil. You know, We want to attribute so much of it to the condition of the world, but in reality, it's not the red man with the pitchfork and the pointy hat that, it, that is the greatest enemy in my life. And it's not the world either. The greatest adversary I face on any given day is the person I look at in the mirror each and every single morning. And he causes me more pain and grief and hardship than the enemy or the world ever could. So also have to live a life of self-forgiveness. But this doesn't just extend to everybody else. I can tell you in my time in Teen Challenge as a former drug addict, it wasn't the forgiving others or seeking forgiveness of others that was the hardest part. It was forgiving myself for the things that I had done that was the most difficult part. And I don't think you have to live a life of a drug addict to have to fight that battle. But if I'm going to live a submitted life, if I'm gonna operate through the power of submission to God, then I've gotta do that with a clean slate. I can't make my own obstacles and still operate in that same spirit. Thirdly is we have to have uh, perspective in our submission. It says our flesh will only see things we don't have. Our heart has to see the good in the things that we do. And I think this year um, in Christmas, I'm, I mean, just to be perfectly honest with you guys, this has been a rough year for me, for my wife, for our ministry. It has just been a battle, an exhausting, 
battle. I, I would, this morning, um, I went and did the Teen Challenge Family Day teaching before I came here. Uh, we have graduation service today. That's where Cassidy is. And it's just such an honor. Um, she's not here. But when you serve in ministry together with your spouse, it is there is just knowing the support that I get from her and knowing the support that she has from me, um, we really make uh, a really good team. We really ham and egg it. Uh, a lot of days. So I couldn't do anything that I do without her. But even, even with that, this has been such a difficult year. And I've been so caught up in looking out and seeing other things or people flourish. And, and, I'm, and we're just here grinding each and every single day. It's been such a grind. And, and I find myself looking and I find myself what it was talking about in James and coveting these things. And even when it's coveting the good things of God, it's still coveting. My perspective has to change. And I can't look at the things that I don't have because I submitted. I have to look at the things that God has given me through this submitted life. I have to look at look around my family at Christmas time and know that we're healthy, know that we're happy, know that we're together, know that as many trials as we faced, we still are raising our hands in worship today. That, if, if I can train my brain, and I can train my heart to focus on the peace that God has given me through, through submission, I won't want for anything else. Not really. My flesh will rise up every now and then, but man, I, I, have a, I stand a much greater chance at getting out of that. I tell our students all the time, you, you can't control where your mind goes. And, and I, on the way home today, it's, it's a Russian roulette of where that ball is going to land, you know, for, for when I'm left to my own thoughts. I can't control that. But what I can control is how long it stays there. And if my life is submitted to the will of God and my, my, my heart is submitted to the purpose of God, no matter where it goes, the Bible says to cast down imaginations and strongholds and anything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. And that's, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of power we've been given. That's the kind of strength that we have when we submit to God's will. And fourthly, you talked about it a little bit earlier, that submission is a choice, that it's not something that your flesh is going to naturally gravitate towards. It is not something that you're gonna wake up one day and it's just gonna be the most appealing thing in the world. It, it becomes easier the longer that you do it it becomes more of a discipline the longer that you practice it. But man, it's got to start. It's got to start now. What a perfect time when we're turning the calendar to 2023. Cass and I choose a word every year that we really want to be our, our focus. And our word this year was discipline. We want to be disciplined as parents. We want to be disciplined as followers of Jesus. We want to be disciplined as directors of, of Teen Challenge. We want our lives to be defined by discipline in 2023. We can look at a lot of the struggles we had in 2022 and say that it was because we got undisciplined in some areas that we should have been more disciplined in. But the only way that we're going to be able, and then discipline's another word that we don't love, that we don't throw it around and we're so happy and we celebrate discipline. It's not on the top of everybody's you know, encouragement list. But man, when we live a submitted life, discipline follows. That when we submit our hearts to God, discipline will naturally be an occurrence that we find ourselves in day in and day out. 
I want to close with a quote that I saw just over the weekend, and it was talking about Abraham, and we know that Abraham had a, had a famous wrestling match with God. One of the things that I want to do when I submit is I want to learn. I want to submit an area of my life, and then I want to learn from the mistakes that I make so that I can continue in that and eventually move on and submit a new area of my life. And so we, we our, this quote said, don't wrestle with God like Abraham. Wrestle before God like Abraham. We want to wrestle with this world before God so that we can tap into his strength. The, the end of this verse says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee. There's a Spanish word, uh, I've learned it on our missions trip called resistencia. And resistencia means endurance in Spanish. And I find it so cool that resist is the beginning part of that because when, we're being, when we are resisting the devil through our submitted life, it takes endurance to continue in that. This ain't a one-time deal. We don't resist one time and the enemy is so scared of us, he runs and hides and never comes back to us again. But the more that you practice submission, the more that the enemy will come against you. But through submission, you have the power to overcome. That the enemy will flee a submitted life only to come back again. But your resistencia, your endurance in submitting will pave the way for God's perfect, pleasing plan for your life. The next verse says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Those are marching orders for us today. A submitted life is close to the Lord. That when we practice submission, we can get close to the Lord. We go first and then he meets us where we're at. So thank you guys so much. Hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. And, and um, Austin, I know you've been coming to church for a while, but it, it seems as though uh, you've been coming for a long time because, man, that's what we basically just, we talk about that all the time about being submitted to the Lord and um, and especially like the, the number one enemy is the person that's in the, you're looking in the mirror. <clears throat> and so, um, so thank you so much. One of the things I want to encourage uh, our church is to continue to pray for him. He's on the front lines of ministry, dealing with a strong addiction. And the thing about, I always think about your ministry with the, the drug addicted is that those are the, the kids that have been, or the men that have been caught. And, um, and some of them are there because uh, the judge has mandated it, but some of them are there because, they, you know, they're like, okay, I'm at my wit's end. Uh, but there are many people who aren't in the program and maybe sit in our pews that haven't submitted <clears throat> themselves completely. Might may not be addicted to uh, hard drugs, but it could be other things that are controlling their minds and their hearts. As a minister, I work with college students, and um, one of our biggest challenges right now, uh, there is a, uh, there are not a lot of ministers being raised up uh, from the young generation. Uh, partly or mostly because they have life uh, addiction problems. It's not heroin, but it's what they see on, on the computer. And that is uh, literally just knocking them out. 
rightly so, they, they're not prepared for ministry. But um, it, it is an epidemic. So I'd like for you to just pray for our, you know, we don't have a lot of young people today. Their college is gone. Uh, but just pray for that. And then at the very end, Ross, if you could just stand up there and just pray for Austin and Cassidy and their ministry. So if you could just pray uh, for those who haven't um, gotten caught, but the, Jesus still wants to deal with them. Um, real quick before I pray in response to what Mario said, you know, uh, as a new father, I got a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and I, it has taught me so much about, you know, God's love for me. And when, when I was in addiction, you know, I, my mindset was I'm in trouble. I need to hide from God. And as a father, and my three-year-old does something, I want the exact opposite. I don't want her to run away from me. I want her to run to me. And, and in addiction, I, I couldn't understand that. But anybody that you know, whether it's drugs, money, it's anything. We, it's life-controlling issues. Anything that's separating you from the life that God has called us to live we, is sin. And that's what we deal with at Teen Challenges. We deal with sin. And so just know that God is not uh, mad at you. He's not angry with you. He wants you, and he wants you, same as I want my daughter, not to run away from me, but run to me so that I can walk her through whatever situation she's going through. So if that's anybody watching, if that's anybody here, um, just know that that it's that God's not mad at you. God desires you to live a life far beyond what you're living today. So Lord Jesus, God, we love you. We thank you so much um, for your love, for your grace, and your mercy. God, that it was not when we walked into church. It's not when we learned the Bible. It was while we were at our worst that Christ died for us, that while we were in addiction, while we were running, and while we were in total opposition, that you looked at us and called us worthy of the blood of your perfect son. So, Lord, we just ask for strength, God, for courage, that these things don't just fix themselves. God, you have a plan to fix it. But God, you need us to take the first step. And I just pray for comfort, for peace in that step. And we know, Lord, that you have a, have a plan and a heart that is geared towards all of us, Lord Jesus. So we love you. We lift these things up, God. And we ask these things in your son's precious name. We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.